Bitcoin prices continue to drop, spiraling down nearly 50% since its peak in the middle of April. Cryptocurrency evokes strong opinions. Billionaire businessman Warren Buffett has called it a mirage, while financial analyst Max Kaiser continues to toot Bitcoin's horn, saying it will soar to $220,000 this year. Bitcoin was launched in 2010 when a single coin was less than one-tenth of one cent. Bitcoin is coming a long way and it has more to go. This drop isn't a sign of weakness, nor does it acquiesce to the claims that crypto is imaginary money. What this dip means and the weird reason that crypto shouldn't be laughed off. That's next on The Deep Cut. There are over 4,000 cryptocurrencies in the world. Bitcoin makes up more than 60% of its total market capitalization. It also has over 5,000 ATMs worldwide. Other major cryptos you may hear about include Ethereum, Litecoin, and Cardano. But Bitcoin was first, and Bitcoin is the biggest, so it gets all the media buzz. Many say that it's not really money, it's just made up numbers on a computer. It's nothing more than a fiat currency. But so is the cash in your wallet. Our money hasn't been backed by anything in over 50 years. In 1971, President Richard Nixon announced that dollars could no longer be converted to gold at a fixed value, thus abandoning the gold standard. It's green paper that for now we all assume has a value, but that value has dropped significantly. In fact, a dollar in 1913 had the same buying power as $26 in 2020. And when compared to Bitcoin, the U.S. dollar has lost 99% of its value. But Bitcoin could still just be a fad, right? Well, the recent drop in Bitcoin seems big, but it isn't unprecedented. Bitcoin has seen its fair share of price bubbles. It's part of its history. Last year, on the Black Thursday market crash caused by the pandemic, Bitcoin dropped by 40%. But the biggest drop came just a few years after Bitcoin launched. In 2013, it collapsed by over 73% within one day. These are just the big ones, but there have been dozens more. Bitcoin wasn't even valued at $1,000 until 2017. Each of these dozens of individual drops look scary when isolated, but in the long run, Bitcoin has rallied and displayed an upwards trajectory. Bitcoin is a great platform for crime, and that's a good indicator of its sustainability. Before we get into how Bitcoin is being used by criminals, we need to understand the why, and that can be done by looking at the role the shadow economy plays as part of the larger, regular economy. The shadow economy comprises of activities deemed illegal by the government. It is commonly referred to as the black market, but it can be broken down into other subgroups. It's time for Crime 101. The technically accurate black market includes things like drugs, sex, and weapons. There's also the gray market, which is off-the-books employment and untaxed and unregulated goods. Both of these markets are illegal, but not necessarily immoral. Globally, the black market is $10 trillion. It employs half of the world's working population, totaling over 1.8 billion jobs. If the black market was its own nation, it would be the world's second largest economic superpower, and some economists estimate the black market can make up as much as nearly a quarter of the global $87 trillion GDP. These criminal markets are incredibly influential on both national and international economic systems. And according to Antonio Maria Costa, head of the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime, we might just owe these criminal markets a huge thank you. 
He says he's seen evidence that money from organized crime saved banks on the brink of collapse during the Great Recession in 2008. He claims that $352 billion of drug profits were absorbed into the economic system at a time when it was desperately needed. This was first brought to his attention by intelligence agencies and prosecutors. Costa has said, quote, in many instances, the money from drugs was the only liquid investment capital. In the second half of 2008, liquidity was the banking system's main problem and hence liquid capital became an important factor. We can also look to other countries to see how black markets prop up the economy. In Greece, it's bridging the gap between the failures of government and the needs of its people. The Greek debt crisis has caused the government to increase taxes and cut pensions. As a result, people are evading taxes and finding ways to conceal income, creating a gray market that makes up 25% of Greece's economy. The Foundation for Economic Freedom sums this up accurately, saying, quote, Without the gray market in Greece, many more skilled workers would have already left the country. Even though the black market is consistently blamed for taking away tax revenues, it ironically may be the only thing keeping the debt crisis from spiraling even further out of control. In Venezuela, the situation is even worse. Hyperinflation and fraudulent currency exchange rates are decimating the economy. Price controls are only exacerbating the problem. Venezuelans are facing one of the world's worst food crises, coupled with crippling gasoline shortages. Black markets have rushed in to fill the void. As the Foundation for Economic Freedom points out, quote, the unregulated markets have been able to determine the true value of goods and provide vital support for the struggling communities. Many people think that so-called price gouging is unethical, but isn't it better to buy what you need at twice the price than to not be able to get it at all? The black market is anything you want off the record or off the ledger, which makes cryptocurrency the perfect platform. Illegal enterprises aren't going to write checks or use financial institutions. That's why they traditionally use cash or precious metals. The advent of cryptocurrencies offers an even better option. Cryptocurrency is everything that traditional fiat currency is not. It's decentralized, global, peer-to-peer, pseudonymous, and irreversible. Crypto means that you can be your own bank. This autonomy and freedom undoubtedly attracts underground markets. Bitcoin is the original cryptocurrency, and the illegal underworld helped make it that way. Shortly after Bitcoin arrived on the scene, a man named Ross Albright started a website called The Silk Road. It was the Amazon of illegal products. It allowed people to buy and sell anonymously with an encrypted website. This site popularized Bitcoin among users as the financial transactions would remain unidentifiable. The Silk Road was eventually shut down by the feds and the founder received a life in prison. To this day, according to the firm Cyphertrace, Bitcoin is used in 76% of all darknet transactions. Crypto seems to be on the rise for criminals. In 2019, a firm named Chain Analysis found that darknet purchases with Bitcoin rose by 60%, topping over $600 million. This firm also says that cryptocurrencies in general account for less than 1% of all illicit cryptocurrency activity from 2017 to 2020. However, others say the crime component is much larger. The University of Technology, Sydney, has reported that about 46% of illegal activity per year is associated with Bitcoin. They also found that it is the most commonly used cryptocurrency for buying drugs in the darknet. Finding the exact market share of cryptocurrencies and illicit activities is hard to estimate. Yet the very fact that we can't exactly determine how much money is being laundered is crypto's chief selling point. It's untraceable. Criminal markets love ambiguity, secrecy, and privacy. They hate transparency, disclosure, and visibility. 
We forget about them in our daily lives, but the black market props up our economy and just might have saved us from our financial system's total collapse in 2008. We forget about them in our daily lives, but the black market props up our economy and just might have saved us from our financial system's complete collapse in 2008. We also know that these boogeymen keep things running when governments fail and destroy the economy. Without them, many more in Venezuela would starve and the Greek economy would have buckled under their own debt crisis. Sure, you may think you don't want anything to do with a monetary system that enables crime, but over 80% of dollar bills have a trace of cocaine on them, but I don't see anyone trying to banish cash. Criminals and politicians are a lot alike. They both love money, but it's the politicians that try to keep you from having any.